Hello and welcome once again to episode 41 of Code Completion. We are a group of iOS developers and educators hoping to share what we love most about development, Apple technology, and completing your code. My name is Dimitri and I'll be your host once again for this episode and I'm joined today by my fellow completionist, Spencer. Hey there. Fernando. Hello, hello. And Paul. Hi. So first of all, I'd like to uh, go out and say that as of the day this recording will go live, we will have been recording for exactly one year. Yay. Wow. It's uh, It's been many episodes, a few hiatuses as we've gone our stuff together, uh, but we've continued and we hope to continue for uh, many years to come. I don't know what the future holds, but we'll try our best. <laughs> So before we get into our main topic, it's time for Indie App Spotlight. Today we are checking out Tooth Fairy by Michael Tsai, a status bar app for your Mac that makes it easy to connect to your AirPods. Normally, connecting to AirPods on a Mac is a chore. You are never sure where audio will play from and have to dig through menus and screens to connect to them. Tooth Fairy solves this by giving you a button in your status bar that you can click anytime to instantly connect to your AirPods or any number of other Bluetooth devices like headsets, keyboards, and mice. Tooth Fairy costs just $5.99 on the Mac App Store, so please be sure to support Michael by getting Tooth Fairy. Are you an indie developer? We want to hear from you. We have like no one left on our list other than like repeats, so please reach out to us on Twitter at CodeCompletion via DM, and we can spotlight your app in the future as well. So what better way of uh, staying productive than a confession? I am like so bad at being productive and like showing up motivated to work uh i want to hear what all of your takes are on what you do to like keep yourself productive and make sure that you do a good job doing what you do so for instance uh for myself i go in like two week cycles i do two weeks of like really good work and then i'm totally don't want to work anymore and i do two weeks of just reading uh and then once i'm done reading for two weeks i do two weeks of uh watching anime or something like that and then the cycle continues and i eventually get back to being very productive for another two weeks, but that's sometimes uh, much later rather than sooner. So I want to hear like what your perspectives are, not on my crazy strategy. That's not a viable strategy at all. But what do you do for yourself to kind of be the most productive developer you can be? Well, it is viable for you, right? Uh, it's been viable so far. I don't know how much longer, <laughs> just like the podcast. I don't know how much longer I can keep it up this way, but uh, so far so good. <laughs> <laughs> so fernando why don't you start us off uh sure uh it's really hard i've tried many different ways of staying productive some are decent uh are, like it it just ebbs and flows just like you dimitri uh some of the things that i've tried which have been useful um are basically using an app called self-control which will block websites uh, from your like Mac. So I just have a list of websites, and it, even the most ridiculous websites, like news websites, like the Washington Post or things like that, uh, I just basically <laughs> block them. Because if I have like 10 minutes where I'm distracted, I'll just go and read the news and then read Wikipedia and then read whatever, just because I don't want to work. And so that, that helps... Sometimes it really has helped me out when I want to like uh, detoxify from a YouTube high because I would. Yeah, what will usually happen, I am one of the 17 people that actually pays for YouTube premium. Like 
I am very oh, I do happy too. with I, it. I, I recently threw in the $17 for the family thing on that. I I watched like no YouTube videos, but the few that I watched, the ads were driving me nuts because <laughs> yes. I don't have ads on anything else. And I'm like, why is there an ad every five minutes? Even um, when like, my wife is watching something, I hear her ads and those drive me nuts. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to pay for this and remove this from my life. And I've been so happy since. I've been debating that, but I haven't pulled the trigger. Well, I also it. have premium. It's way worth it. It's way worth it. And in general, what I've seen in Twitter, and I personally will put my money where my mouth is, I I will happily pay like for the most toxic things. Like I would pay for maybe Facebook is, is the one that's 100% off limits because of the democracy thing. But like I would happily pay for any um, any app or service that I use more than five minutes a day. Uh, to get rid of ads or tracking like i would happily happily and i'm pretty sure youtube is still tracking me but the ads just like dimitri said were driving me insane and it's so cheap i think it's worth it um it's like a waste of your life to listen to that many ads constantly yeah but but then again like i would go on a binge watching youtube whatever of like uh i've been lately i've been watching terminator 2 (laughs) clips like instead of watching the movie, I just try and find like contiguous clips. It's really fun. But then after a while, I'm like, oh yeah, I haven't worked, so I just block it, and then detoxify for a few weeks, and then I don't need it. Like once I, I'm like in that frame of mind, I can get rid of it and watch one or two YouTube videos. Go back. So that's that's one thing that's helped me a ton. Um, lately, this beauty. Uh, uh, chess clock has been proven extremely effective. Like I'm very, very happy with it. So for those of you that don't know that a chess clock basically works uh, in one simple way. The button up here, it indicates whether one clock is running and the other one is stopped or vice versa. And so what I do is one of my clocks is my work clock and my other clock is my YouTube clock. So that's very simple. If I'm at like two hours of YouTube and one hour of work, flip the clock, start working. Yeah, it's been really, and it's been eye-opening. Like I tweeted about it a while ago. The first week or so that I got it, I was at like six hours YouTube and then three hours or four hours work. And I was like, oh my God, this is like seriously wrong. And so within a week, I was like totally the opposite, like six, seven hours work. 30 minutes, one hour YouTube. So it's been really cool. And now what I want to do is I've been, I want to try this. I started today and it's going okay. For every hour of work, I want to stop and I want to trade my YouTube clock for a work clock, like a workout clock. So I'll stop, do it like a seven minute routine. I downloaded an app called seven minute seven. It's actually called seven, but it gives you seven minute workouts. And so what I'm going to do is one hour work, toggle the clock and then do a seven minute workout and then come back and work it worked today but like i said ebbs and flows i don't know if it'll work later uh i can keep going but i'm really interested in, in both spencer and paul what what do you guys uh, do for for focusing and productivity there's a lot of moving parts for me uh i think the key is getting sleep so that's where devices can be really challenging right. late at night going on those YouTube binges or whatever. <laughs> um, 
it can be really, it can make my nights longer than they need to be. <laughs> so I do have uh, 15 minute time limits on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. But sometimes I cheat and keep like requesting more time. <laughs> so um, that's one thing that at least keeps me sort of aware of the time I'm spending. And another thing, my wife and I will sometimes ask each other, are you stuck? When we're like just oh. on these binges of just sitting there facing a device. Um, so just having that phrase sometimes can pull us out or the other person can be like, hey, uh, uh, maybe you should go to bed now. Um, so that I think can help with sleep. Uh, exercise is, is pretty big for me. I find that my energy levels are like super all over the place, especially in the winter if I'm not exercising, like if I have an injury or something. Right. So I do a lot of running uh, right now. Like I feel great because I'm doing a lot of ultimate Frisbee. Nice. Um, so that helps. I've got two nights a week of Frisbee on Monday and Tuesday. And so that's, that's fun. It's a lot of sprinting and throwing and all kinds of sort of strategizing. Um, and then in terms of productivity, uh, it sort of, it kind of ebbs and flows with how much I get done. Like, I feel like I have to do a lot of research on certain things to sort of understand what to do. And then once I figure out, then I know what to do. And I'll, I'll use these little, I got the analog card that I'm trying out right now. So you basically um, have this like five by three card or whatever. And you just sort of fill out some tasks. So I'm experimenting with that. It came with this whole like little set. And I put that on my desk. Previously, I used a notebook. But this makes it a little bit more tangible. Something I can put in my pocket if I need to go somewhere. Um, and what do you, and you can, write? Uh, dif different tasks. So um, some of these are work-related, so I can't really share them. Mm -hmm. But you can mark a task if it's sort of something you want to work on. So, I mean, for my own personal app, I've got something that's been on here since April. Um, <laughs> I want to add saving support uh, for brew coffee. That's still not in there. And then I have to update my timer app, which is sort of like your chess clock thing. I have a timer called Super Easy Timer that I use on my Mac when I'm like, I have to do this in a period of time. And so I'll set a 25-minute timer. And uh, that's super nice for me. The other thing I like taking notes in Markdown. So I've got multi-Markdown Composer as I'm working and I'm just jotting stuff down. If I run into a bug, if I have a question, if I have a code snippet, if there's a terminal command that was useful, if there's like a Git workflow um, that I have to do with my team. Um, so I've been working for GoPro and just trying to figure out like all the new tools I have to use and everything. So that's been fun. Um, and then I think what makes me sort of more productive is once I understand the code base that I'm working on because it's so big, I have to learn how to use the the code and where I'm, I'm trying to focus in on. Then that sort of aligns me on what I need to research. And then it's like Stack Overflow, Google, Stack Overflow, Google, I'll grab my iPad 
I, I love reading documentation on my iPad when I'm doing research. So like if I'm stuck and it's like new code that I have to write, that's where I'll, I'll lay on the couch or in bed and just sort of research tons of links over and over. <laughs> just keep <laughs> digging until you find something or go to like a WWDC. Um, so it's kind of all over the place. And then I, once I understand the problem, then I feel like sometimes the code just sort of clicks. Yep. Um, sometimes it takes being away from the problem, sleeping on it, going outside, uh, multiple days. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. so it's, it's not always quick and I don't know. Another problem I face in terms of productivity is getting like solid blocks of time to focus. Um, we don't have enough. I feel scatterbrained and I'm all over the place. So one other thing that I do to combat the scatterbrain monkey mind sort of thing is meditation. Um, I find that it really helps me focus on like what I actually need to do versus, oh, this would be nice to look at or this would be cool to research. Um, so I use the Calm app and I've just been going through, I think it's Jeff Walker's meditations right now. Um, I think I did all of Tamara Levitt's meditations and it's just repeating. So I switched it up and I'm doing one of the other daily meditations that they have. And that is super helpful. Um, and I find that sort of settles me. And the other thing I do after that is just some breath work where I'll count up to 10 and back down to, to one as I'm um, out breathing. So it actually makes it so that I can't think as much, which then gives me a little bit of peace of mind. <laughs> and actually, like when I was doing that today, I was like, oh, crap, there's that one chunk of code that I forgot to take out. <laughs> so um, I think some of that's like useful. So that's kind of like a brain dump, I think. <laughs> of everything I do, but I, I do find that like sleep and exercise and meditation to like start my day right can really help. Um, if I don't do that, then I'm just all over the place. And if I haven't slept, I'm all over the place. I just want to eat everything and I don't want to focus. So <laughs> eating everything is hard. Like, well, sorry, <laughs> resisting the urge of eating everything. That's really hard. <laughs> Uh, it's really funny that you mentioned it. I think all of your focus on keeping your body and mind like healthy really reminded me. I was watching a um, a chess video uh, lately. I've been doing a lot of chess videos on YouTube. And one of the quotes that the YouTube uh, reviewer had was a Bobby Fischer quote that says, your body has to be in top condition. Your chest deteriorates as your body does. You cannot separate body from mind. And I think that I, it really stuck with me because programming is like that. Like, you really need to be well rested. You don't, if you have any cravings, like, oh, I need to get ice cream or something, it really gets into your mind and it stops mm -hmm. your creative process. You're, so it's really a very difficult endeavor in the sense that you have to take care of yourself first and take care of all the distractions, both external and internal. And once you're in that place, then you can code. So that's really hard. It, it really takes a lot of, of uh, mental fortitude. Um, and it really resonated with me having a two-year-old, like the chunks of, of coding time. Like mm -hmm. it used to be before um, 
uh, I, I recently started at Basecamp and we have very few meetings. It used to be before that I would have like a 10, 10 a.m. stand up, then Sylvia would have an, an 11 a.m. meeting, then I would have like a 12.30 meeting, and then I would get like an hour to code. And so that's the end of my morning where I have to like code 40 minutes, go and take care of my daughter, uh, come back, code 30 minutes, go into a meeting. And it's just so frustrating. It's like I can't get anything done like that. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, again, I would hi- highly recommend the chess clock. It really helps out with like, <laughs> oh, my God, I have like two. I've done two hours of continuous work, and that feels great. Like even the small wins is like, yeah, I've, I've earned another dollar. And you guys know I love my dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. Um, yeah, that reminded me. I, I was doing the Pomodoro method where mm-hmm. I would just tally on, a, on my uh, notebook how many that I had gotten through. So if I knew exactly what task I was working on, that I would set a timer for 25 minutes and then just work. And then, and then what's nice about that is the frame of mind is, okay, don't do anything else while that timer's going. Don't check YouTube. Don't go research this API that doesn't really affect what you're trying to do. Just write that code. So I found that helpful in the past. I'm kind of out of the, the habit right now of doing that because, I don't know, I just haven't gotten back into that. <laughs> you know what um, I found frustrating about Pomodoro? was that It was that... Um, if I'm in the zone and then it's like, no, take a five minute break, like stop what you're doing. I'm like, ah, but I want to keep going. And then Mm -hmm. I take the five minute break and then come back. And it's like, so for a, for a while it helped me, but it was a little bit more frustrating than, than it helped. So I think if you record what you were last doing, if there's like something you wanted to finish up, jot down a note so that when you come back after that five minute break you've got that frame of reference i think that helps a lot i do think there's a lot of value in taking a break because your subconscious mind is still thinking about things and it's going to start connecting things just like when i was meditating on the floor here mm-hmm. i all of a sudden realized oh crap i took that one chunk of code out but there's still this thing that no longer applies um, because we changed how we're doing something so you make those connections when you have time to breathe and <laughs> sort of take a step back. So I, I think there's benefit. The other benefit that I really had was I didn't feel trashed at the end of the day if I was taking those breaks. If I just go, 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 mm. no breaks, and I'm not getting up in a regular at least once an hour, like I physically feel trashed and like, super worn out but having those breaks um i think helps and then taking that longer break after that uh after doing four pomodoros definitely felt energizing so that was kind of my experience with it um i guess i've been kind of lazy and trying to get back into it uh right now but it is something that i found helpful it's so ironic that you mentioned getting good sleep helps you because it's probably a, a an indicative problem of like my lifestyle in general. But when I get the smallest amount of sleep, that's when I get the most amount of work done. And the mo- more sleep I get, the less like productive I am. I guess my body is using that time to like relax everything else. 
um, when I'm not super anxious about getting something done. Um, and that is not a healthy state to be in. I can, <laughs> I can definitely go ahead and say that. Uh, but I just wanted to throw that out there that being sleep deprived actually does help me get a lot of work done. And I think the reason for that is like the anxiety of like, you're so on edge whenever you're like sleep deprived that you can focus a little bit more on like something without getting distracted. And I think that's the part that's helping me uh, rather than actually being sleep deprived. That's that part is not helping whatsoever. But um, I I do know a lot of people can get easily distracted and uh, finding a way that can help you focus on what you need to be doing uh, rather than be distracted by a million things uh, is going to help you the most in the long run, I think. Yeah. Uh, there's instances where some sleep duration helps the next day when I've been working really hard on something and like, I know the ins and outs of every API that I need to touch. And then it's just like, okay, I just need to go, 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 go. But usually I find it's not sustainable for multiple days. So it'll be like uh, all day, like, (laughs) I don't know if it was like 12 hours or whatever. And then I wake up and I'm like, okay, this is what I have to do now. I can crank that out. But I find that I don't have that type of focus if it's a long-term multiple days mm-hmm. of not getting that sleep. And and I don't think it's necessarily like a short amount of sleep and a long amount of sleep. Um, consistent sleep. It, uh, I wouldn't even say consistent. It's like, uh, in theory, I've never managed to do this consistently. In theory, if you like, you go into like the four cycles of sleep, right? Light sleep, and then REM sleep, and whatever, and then another light sleep. In theory, if you can consistently wake up during your light sleep, you'll be rested regardless if if you are like doing a short or a long time of sleep. Obviously, long is better, but I think I think that's it, Demi. You should try it out. I've never found some way of reproducing it consistently, but that's what I've heard at least. And Ben, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So uh, we were discussing what makes us the most productive and what can help keep us motivated while working. Uh, so uh, Spencer, what about you? What helps you uh, keep the coding happening? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting question, and I'm not sure I feel uh, like I have a great solution. Um, I think a lot of what I do is... Um, how would I say it, like patchwork at best, I suppose. Um, So for example, on the topic of sleep, I have this, I've been on this weird sleep cycle since college and I haven't stopped. So I've been doing it for, I don't know, well over half a decade now where I will uh, take a nap after work or after school, right? So like come six o'clock my time right after work, I take a nap for two hours or so. And then I go to bed at like, one or two. Um, and I'm used to it at this point where it feels normal to me, but I get really tired after work. Um, and you know, I don't know if that helps me, but I think what it does allow me to do is kind of push through work. And then I know that I have like my nap (laughs) and I know I can like chill out, uh, and, and kind of unwind. And after I wake up, I feel much better and I can like have a, a relaxing evening. Uh, where I don't have to wait until the end of the day to kind of unwind, I suppose. Um, 
I think a big thing for me, and I'm not sure I'm I'm great at this, but one of the things that I've hel- I've found helps me, especially uh, when working from home, where there are just more distractions, is trying to cultivate uh, whatever gets you into that like the zone or the flow state. So for me, what it is is like um, mostly music. Like if I can find a good playlist or a good set of music that is both uh, not um, it's like this weird mix of it's it's entertaining enough for to my brain but also not like um noisy in the sense that it doesn't take me out of the zone where it's not like competing for my attention but i can kind of just have it as like background music if that makes sense um so whatever that is um for you if you like music i know some of us just don't even listen to music and that's totally cool but that for me kind of like i think it was paul that was saying it kind of helps um limit how much you you can think and so i'm not thinking about other things i can kind of mm-hmm. have the background noise taking up part of my brain and then the rest i can try to focus on the code itself um so for me i think that's what helps the most and i definitely will you know go on youtube breaks and and just get my brain out of out of coding in general but i think whatever i can do to cultivate that environment whether it's music or um like I have experimented with so many different uh, monitor setups that um, in the last few years that I finally, I think, found something that is I'm, I'm trying to figure out what is the like the least amount of friction while I work. I think that's the name of my game here. And so finding a display that has enough real estate to have everything up where I don't have to have windows kind of on top of each other helps me. Um, and so what's that display look like? Uh, it's, it's a 32 by nine display. So it's basically two 27 inch displays put together side by side, but there's no like seam in the middle and it behaves as one. Um, I mean, in the past I had two ultra wide monitors. This is considered a super ultra wide, like, I don't know it. I really like it. I got it on a sweet deal and that's the only reason I bought this one, but, um, it's, enough real estate where I can have easily two large Xcode windows open, if not also like Slack or my documentation, but it's also not like out of my field of vision, which is what two ultra wide monitors would do to me. So it was like a waste of space, if that makes sense. Um, so I guess yeah, you could I stack, stack ultra wides, right? You have one on top of the other. Yeah. I think at that <laughs> point, then it just becomes like the same aspect ratio is just like, you know, a 60 inch TV in front of you or something. And then you're in the back with lots of pixels, the problem, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't have a great answer. And, you know, as far as like my own personal projects go, that's where the productivity and motivation goes out the window because I'm lately, I haven't worked on any of my personal projects other than, you know, a few hours, maybe once a month or something. I think it's all a lot of my kind of mental energy is just spent on, on work coding rather than my own thing because i know i'm i'm making a living off of it and honestly you know my own apps haven't brought me a ton of money which is fine and so i'm i think less motivated to work on them as opposed to uh supporting my own lifestyle which is my job so how about yourself ben yeah uh well i mean the fact that i was late to this podcast shows that i definitely need to work on (laughs) having a better system (laughs) Um, so, uh, I've noticed that, that lately it seems like in order to be able to like 
to get stuff done, I basically need to be reminded that I need to get stuff done. Uh, it doesn't seem to stick in my brain that well. Um, so I've been I've been concentrating on making more calendar events and reminders and stuff like that just to kind of keep track of what's what. Uh, I of course forgot to do that for this show, which is why I was late. But anyway, um, I am I'm here now, so I guess that's in, that's the important part. Uh, as far as like how to get into the you know flow state, how to how to get stuff done in my day job as a developer, uh, I would say that it is it is a little different now than it was when I was sort of only a dev. So I'm I'm the director of mobile engineering, which basically means I have a team of people of developers that work with me. Uh, building mobile apps for both iOS and Android. And while I do still code a decent amount in in iOS on one of our main products, um, I am also kind of in charge of the team and managing their tasks and sort of managing the the products that we make, um, both on the iOS side and the Android side. And I'm not an Android developer, but uh, we've got some really great people on that team who are. Um, So I don't have to know sort of the super nitty-gritty, but I still have to understand the basic landscape of what it is that we're trying to do on both sides. So even, I think, even if I were to get really, really focused, um, a meeting or a request from marketing or, you know, some kind of thing would come in to my sort of, you know, sphere. And then I would have to go do that thing or I'd have to go respond to that. Um, and I would, and I would jump out. So these days probably, I don't know, I probably have like an hour or two a day where I feel like I can like when it's a good day when I'm not that when I'm not that distracted by other things, I can probably get like a couple hours in of um of coding. Uh and and then there are other days where I, I don't open Xcode. Well, I mean Xcode's open all the time, but I don't go into Xcode and do anything at all the entire day because I'm doing a bunch of other stuff. Um so it's definitely a little bit of a different deal a different situation um and it sounds like there may we may be adding more people more mobile people to the team more ios and android developers so it's possible that my my day job coding days are numbered at least you know at this job um you know i'm still going to code of course and i do personal stuff but uh it may become even less and less the further down we get but um, as far as like strategies, I would say s- sounds like similar to what um, Paul and Spencer, what you guys said. Um, I I have two monitors. So I have a iMac, a 27 inch iMac, and I have a 4K display sitting next to it. Um, so I I try and concentrate on keeping my main work in front of me, which is the iMac. So Xcode. Uh, if I'm in you know Sketch or Figma, some kind of design program. Uh, also, the IMAX screen is just nicer, so I try and keep like the high-definition, high-resolution stuff on that screen as well. And then the other screen is relegated to things like Slack, and we actually use Slack and Teams at my job. So I have Slack and Teams open. I've got my music playing over on that side. I've got Apple Music going, um, stuff like that. And I find uh, so people say that they can't listen to music if it has words in it when they're coding. Um, that that doesn't seem to be the differentiator for me. It just sort of seems to be uh, usually if I've heard it before. So like I can't really listen to new music um, right. if I'm coding because it's too like, what's that, right? Like, it's too like interesting. <laughs> so it has to be something I've heard many, many, many times. Um, and so I, and I, that's kind of how I listen to music anyway. So it, it doesn't really bother me, but, uh, but yeah, so I can do, I do, I kind of get on like a soundtrack gig sometimes where I'll listen to, uh, soundtracks because um, they're interesting, 
but also have no words and are fa- and are fairly backgroundable, like in my brain. Um, so those are those are good. Uh, but um, but yeah, I can kind of listen to any more or less any music. And do you and have a soundtrack as... that is your go-to? Um, so I really um, now that you said that, I I was trying to think of one, and I'm just going to call up Apple Music and just I'll just say what it is. I'll look it up because I have a playlist for them. But um, I listen to all the uh, the Batman. From Christopher yep. Nolan. Yep, the Batman ones are really good. Um, yeah. Uh, so Paul Leonard Morgan does some some cool stuff. Um, he's a composer. He did the soundtrack for Cyberpunk 2077, which is a video game. But the soundtrack to it is really cool. Um, there's also the Faster Than Light game, which has a whole soundtrack that is is fairly innocuous and, and useful. Um, I'm also a big fan of Thomas Newman. He's another composer, so... Just to write off a couple movies, American Beauty, Aaron Brockovich, uh, Skyfall, um, Spectre, so the two latest um, movies, uh, James Bond movies. And then actually the Passengers soundtrack is really good by him. Uh, mm. It's the movie with um, Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence in it. Um, movie was good. It wasn't like amazing, but it was a good movie. But the soundtrack is actually really good and for whatever reason, very conducive to coding. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why, but it works. It works for me. So, uh, yeah. So that one works. Um, other than that, just kind of trying to, as far as like getting in a good state, I try to kind of keep it fresh um, in the sense that I try to look for new ways to solve problems, um, so that I don't end up just kind of writing the same boilerplate code over and over and over again. It's, I feel like in our industry, in particular, it can get really repetitive to be like well i need another network manager thing to talk to an api to pull down json and decode it and then put it into a model and then store it in data right like we do that kind of stuff all day long so i try and like find better ways to do that and i think that helps me stay more engaged by um you know just learning new ways to do things so like for example uh, i i haven't even looked at it yet but i've i've got like three or four articles pulled up on my in my browser that I want to get into maybe tomorrow or, or the next week um, for um, combining. <laughs> I'm going to make that word up for for taking for taking core data work and f- funneling it through combine so that so that you can get publishers basically of data that comes out of core data um, so that you can get away from kind of the imperative style of of fetching data from core data instead of using it with publishers. So that's looks interesting we'll see how far i get with it but uh that's been that's something that i'm kind of looking forward to doing and i and i feel like uh jumping into that reading those and then like trying to take those ideas and bring them into the product that i'm working on and see if i can incorporate them um gives me kind of new excitement for the code that i've already looked at a million times um and and can kind of energize me and be like yeah okay i'm like i'm good to go to spend a few hours today really digging into this and it doesn't even feel uh it doesn't it doesn't feel long like it's like oh crap i've spent four hours on this i <laughs> you know it kind of it kind of runs it rushes by because i'm really engaged and i find that that's definitely when i do my best work when i can when i can uh look up at the clock and realize that it's lunchtime and it's like wasn't it just breakfast so uh that's that's what i try and do is just look for new ways to do maybe things that i already know how to do yeah, and that's when you know you're really in the flow of getting some good work done is when the day is done before yeah. you know it. 
Um, and even even better is when the year is done before you know it. Like, <laughs> it is August. I, I, I was kept very busy during all of 2020, and I hardly felt 2020 go by. Um, and that's for better or for worse. But uh, yeah. having having some good productivity and some good productive days really gets uh, things moving quickly um, and makes it easy to see the progress that you're doing as well because that's kind of still fresh in your mind as you plowed through it and you didn't even realize much time went through. Yeah. Um, one thing I, I did want to point out, I, I know like basically all of you listen to music while you code, right? Sometimes, yeah. not all the time. So I, I, I know there's other people like me out there. <laughs> I know you must exist. <laughs> I cannot listen to anything when I'm concentrating on something. Um, I, I basically will turn everything off make things as quiet as possible and that's when i can concentrate the most because i'm basically like having a conversation with myself uh trying to solve a problem and if there's other things going on that's just a distraction towards like hearing myself i can't clearly hear myself in a way um and i i just wanted to point out that i'm sure there's other other people like that uh out there you're not alone uh even though we are probably the minority uh but uh that that is a thing it it we do exist so just trying that out there for for those I think of that's you that really interesting felt. i i've i've heard people that can listen to podcasts and code which i find Ooh. insane oh no, no i can listen i can listen to podcasts <laughs> like, when i don't want to get work done and right, that, that right, is totally, totally doable but not not when like solving problems everything I, just turns off i'll say as a counter to you dimitri so what the, i think part of the reason why music works for me is because especially like if it's you know well trodden right if i've listened to it a million times so it's it's not i'm not going to hear anything new right is that it actually distracts me just enough so that I can concentrate, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, like, it 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 does just enough to, like, I'll hear it sometimes. Like, because the thing is, if I'm really in flow, I, won't, I don't even, I'm like, did that song already finish? I, I, I didn't even hear it because I was so concentrated. And I think, whereas if the room were still and quiet, I, my brain would be, like, so busy doing so many other things that I would never be able to actually concentrate on the code so i think which is weird that you need a distraction in order to concentrate but that's just that's what works <laughs> that's for how me. it is for me it's like um it's a distraction that i have control over where even yes. as we're recording this podcast i'm hearing dogs barking outside and it, mm-hmm. every morning there's construction going on behind my house so for me it's it's a way of controlling what the distraction is and it's one yes. that is like less distracting than another i yeah. suppose yeah, I, I agree. I was going to say two things. Um, it's I, I read somewhere that it's actually a way to make you hallucinate if you, like, cover your eyes complete, like, in total darkness and then plug something into your ears so that you don't hear anything. Mm. And your brain detects the lack of sound mm. and, and visual, mm-hmm. like, things that it mm-hmm. starts hallucinating. It needs input. So it mm-hmm. makes perfect sense when you say, Ben, like, I need just a tiny bit of distraction, like enough so that my brain's like busy with something and then uh-huh. like your subconscious takes over and starts. Yeah. I need like the background task to be like busy so that I can, so that I can keep the main thread focused on what I'm actually trying to get done. <laughs> exactly. And, and I was going to say, uh, Dimi, uh, I think it's, it's kind of like that joke where, where you're like driving with your music and you're having fun. 
but then you're lost and you need to focus and you so you turn the volume down <laughs> like i'm more or less like that and i can see how you could be all the way like no i need to completely focus on this yeah because like it happened to me yesterday i was like coding grooving and then i hit a snack i was like huh oh now the music's annoying like, <laughs> exactly. Just turn the volume down <laughs> and let me focus on this, and then I can go back to my distraction and coding groove. Uh, so yeah, I can relate a little bit with both of you. It's interesting you you said like when you block out all inputs, like you start hallucinating. Uh, we're almost like random number generators. We need a seed to kind of get that creativity <laughs> yes. flowing. Yeah. Uh, so whether it's music is being transformed into for loops. Like that's how our brains work. <laughs> so you yeah. just need you need that little bit of inspiration to to go down that rabbit hole. Otherwise, like how else do we function, right? Um, so, <laughs> well, I was going to ask you, like, uh, how, what do you do with uh, Lynn? Like, th- does she listen to music, or are you like, hey, you know what? I'm going to be coding. I need silence <laughs> need, in the room. You got to leave the house. I got. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you have a red light outside your room? How no, do you, so how do you she, deal with it? She's pretty similar. She she codes in silence, and that th- that works well for both of us. So there's thankfully. literally two of you. Mm-hmm. That's good <laughs> though. That's good that you have the same that you have the same like pattern. Because if you had like opposing patterns, that would just be. Well, that's where noise canceling headphones come in, right? No, well, it's true. not enough. Like <laughs> not when enough. when I w- <laughs> we we I was lucky enough that we built a new house recently. And we literally designed like my office and Sylvia's office to be like on completely opposite ends. Because even when I have headphones, singing helps me focus. So I would be singing and Sylvia's like, I can so hear you over my noise canceling headphones. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, right. Yeah. Or I'd be whistling. I'm like very like, yeah, I need my distractions when I'm coding. So mm-hmm. yeah, you, you're lucky. <laughs> I, talking about like things that help you uh, concentrate, one thing I do constantly is walk in circles, and I know that drives people nuts. Like anyone who's wa- looking at you, and you're just like walking in circles, like going nowhere. But just the act of doing that helps me clear my mind. Yeah. Um. So yep. just like you said, singing helps you get into the mood of things. You're not like concentrating on singing. You put that on autopilot, but it helps you like categorize your yeah. thoughts. Uh, that's me on autopilot. I don't even realize I'm walking in circles driving everyone nuts, but I will do that on the phone when I'm thinking about something. I will just start going in circles. And I was going to yeah. ask you if you did it on the phone. I don't really do it when I'm just thinking, but I, I pace. If I'm on the phone with someone I'm, and I'm Same. not sitting down, I pace. for. Mm-hmm. I don't even know why. Like I don't, I, I don't even... You don't know what to do with the rest of yourself. <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I guess, yeah. Yep, humans are weird, man. So it sounds like Dimitri. What is? What are your uh, other than other than than absolute silence? What are what are your other things that you need to to get stuff done? Um, I, it's a lot like Paul said. So I I work on a lot of um, having done a lot of research first. Like I can't just sit down and do something. I can, uh, but I tend to tackle problems that are a lot more difficult. Uh, and because of that, I want to really get a good understanding of what I'm doing before I jump in and do it like wrong three, four times before getting it right. So I will spend a lot of time researching something first. And in that process, I tend to learn about a lot of other things, which in, is in itself distracting. Um, so 
as a benefit of that, I'm prepared for those problems the next time they come up. Like I have that index uh, nice and warm, uh, <laughs> that cache spot nice and warm and ready to go uh, for when I need it. Um, so if if you are able to kind of keep a lot of stuff in mind, uh, then I definitely recommend uh, researching a lot because you can really categorize your thoughts that way, whether you do it with pencil and paper or whether you have a lot of windows open, like uh, I'm notorious for having hundreds of Safari windows open of like my scattered brain. Um, and it helps me because when I come across that window, I'm instantly reminded of that thing. Right. And I'm instantly reminded of all the other things I've researched in the meantime. And that kind of collects all the thoughts in one go. Um, and that, I find that super useful. What I don't find super useful is when the computer does not keep up with me. Uh, so if you do have <laughs> oh the means, God. if you do have the means, get something that can keep up with how you work. Because that's so important. Uh, for being a developer, like we are spending all our time thinking and using our brain, and you don't, you probably are blinded by how much energy that consumes. Um, I was reminded of this time and time again watching Lynn like step into the world of software development and being dead tired at the end of the day because she was not used to. Uh, used to thinking so much like you don't yeah. realize how much you're thinking how much you're categorizing mm -hmm. how much you're contemplating different ideas when you're coding uh, that can really take a lot of energy um, and like I'm talking about a lot of caloric input like don't decide to mm -hmm. go on a no calorie diet as a developer <laughs> you are going to injure yourself no seriously I remember reading a story about someone whose job was to find exploits and they would get into such uh, highs of like going through and solving stuff over like a small amount of time that they eventually ate up all the glucose levels in their brain to the point where they invoked a stroke to the point oh, like of just thinking so much and not yeah. boosting that back up regularly. Um, so if you are doing a lot of development, like take care of yourself for real. Uh, don't don't deprive yourself of anything uh, to like don't don't get round either um, but like keep it don't don't lose too much weight without like building it back up because you really need that your brain really needs the calories more than anything like our brain can only work off of glucose can't work off fat can't work off proteins just glucose the rest of you can work off anything if you need your I brain might, to do something I might disagree a little bit um <laughs> But it, it, it's so I I do intermittent fasting and I find I can get massive boosts of productivity um, when I'm not eating. So I think it depends on how your body's adapted mm -hmm. to to mm -hmm. what you're doing. It's not like I'm I'm not eating later on in the day, but I'm just not eating now. I'm not eating breakfast mm -hmm. or something like that. And like your body can convert, it can learn to convert because it does this when there's no food. Uh, your fat into glucose glycolysis well right so there's a way but yeah. if you're not used to it then you're going to just feel this crash and it's going to feel awful yeah well, like so, your, mu your muscles right. will do that it will it will it will save the glucose that's in your blood and it will basically burn the fat but your brain has no. to have glucose no what what paul is saying is a process where your fat is transformed into glucose yeah, uh, not a, it's not a very effective method. 
Like it dogs is, it, can do this very no, effectively. We can. I disagree. It is very effective. It's just very <laughs> difficult to get there. Uh, like uh, pro I, Paul, Paul probably knows efficient a little bit more. Is, effective was the wrong word. Efficient. It is. Like it is very efficient. No, it is very efficient. That's the point. So, like, <laughs> I think again, Paul. Paul, I think knows a little bit more than uh, than me. Uh, but what I have read is that your body either transforms carbs into glucose very easily, or if you have a very, very low amount of carbohydrates for more than two weeks, your body will be like, for the first two weeks, your body will be like, please stop killing me uh, because it'll go very low on glucose. But after those two weeks, it'll, your body will be like, fine, whatever. And it'll start turning the fat into glucose. And it is very efficient, but it is a very difficult diet because you have to only eat mostly fats, mostly proteins, and very, very little carbs. Yeah. But it is like, it is a legit diet that's really good for your body. Uh, it, it is actually used uh, to prevent uh, seizures. Um, like if you go very strict with it, that that is uh, a superset of the Atkins diet, I think it's called. Uh, it is very efficient, but it is not nice and it is very difficult to maintain. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's not an easy thing. Um, but there, I mean, there's always loopholes. Like there's, there's like, yeah. So I don't, I definitely think like sometimes if I've, I've tried the fasting stuff, like I'm not very good at this. Um, and I feel like crap and then it's like, I have like some fruit or something and then I feel instantly better. So I've, I've been on like both sides of like, I have this awesome energy high and I'm very focused. And then I've had the other situation where, oh man, I just have no energy and it's because my body's not adapted to that, yep. that, and so you just feel like exactly how you were describing it. So, yeah, but we could talk <laughs> forever about that. I think what's important, and we all agree, <laughs> is that you cannot separate, like, that's why I brought the code. You cannot separate the body from the mind. Right. If, like Dimitri's saying, like, you don't take care of your body with what mm -hmm. in whatever way you need, like, mm -hmm. you're going to suffer. You may even, like, lead yourself to, like, a very dangerous path. So you right. need to take care of your body, uh, and that's super important. It, it really there's a, a uh, an anecdote that I wanted to share, which is in one of the World Warcraft books that I read, basic fantasy uh, books. One of the scenes that I remember is of that of that one of a wizard who, after like a battle of some sorts, teleports back to safety, and then she starts like walking and almost faints. And she's like, why am I like this? Like, I'm, I'm safe. I'm, I'm physically unharmed. But it's like she, she'd spend most of her energy like doing spells, researching, reading that she forgot to eat. She hadn't eaten in like 24 or 48 hours. And that, that scene is just so... Like, I have it right here because it's programming. We always joke programming <laughs> is magic, but it's the same thing. If you're into this pro problem and you're like going in and out, in and out, should I fix it this way, that way? Like, you forget things. It's just, mm -hmm. it's an amazing feeling, but at the same time, it's a dangerous thing. Your day is gone before thing. you realize. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Something that I, that I, I guess, well, it, it surprised me after kind of experiencing it, but then it made sense once I thought about it, uh, was that getting into teaching is this was the same thing. Like, in yep. particular, in my first experience teaching, I, I, was, I taught in person at a, at a school. And so I spent my work day was I went to campus and I taught for three hours in the morning in front of a live class of, of students. 
um, and that was very intense. I had to prepare the lesson. It was three. I mean, we took a break, but like it was like three hours of very, in, depending on where we were, very intense, uh, you know, instruction. And then we would go to we'd take a break for lunch and we come back. And then for like four hours in the afternoon, my job really consisted of like looking at looking at assignments and you know sort of light teacher duties but for the most part my job was sitting on a couch and having a like line of students walk up to me and ask me questions about their homework assignment they were working on um and i told them like you know in order to get your maximum value for your money you probably want to come ask me questions like this is this is literally what you're paying me to be here for is to is to be available right and and it sounds awesome right it's like i could just spend the whole afternoon just hanging out on campus like chilling and talking to people and just having fun it's like that's what it sounds like and that is to be fair what it, it was like that in in many ways in 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 some cases but there were other times where it was just super busy and and students just had just a mountain of questions and what you don't realize is Somebody coming up to you asking a question, and you spend three minutes helping them, and then they, and then they walk away. If that happens once, you're like, well, whatever, it's fine, right? If that happens to you all afternoon, what ends up happening is you. I, I took at this time uh, in my career, I was taking the train to get home, and so like I'd get on the train, and I would like take a breath, and <laughs> be like, why am I so tired? And also. <laughs> I have no idea what I want to have for dinner and I don't, and I don't care. Yeah. Like I, like I'm so over making decisions at this point because I've basically right. made decisions for other people all afternoon, right? Like my, all my decision-making power has gone to zero and my sort of thinking ability has gone to zero. And I just want to like zone out for the rest of the night. Um, and, and what I sort of had to learn was that it was for one thing, it was important to, not take the later train to like to, to like to have a boundary like five o'clock is yes. the, the, the train comes at like five ten. it's like so i would tell my students like okay it's four fifty. you have 10 minutes to ask me questions and otherwise you're following me to the train station like i i, have, <laughs> I am not missing this train and and the reason is because yeah there's another one in ha- another half an hour but like i have to protect sort of my ability to recharge because tomorrow we have to come back and do this all over again. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that was true in teaching. That's true in coding. That's true in any kind of, uh, I would say like mostly intellectual job is that you have to protect, uh, your ability to make decisions tomorrow, because if you use all up, (laughs) use up all of that energy today, there may not be any left for you to do it tomorrow. And, and the students are not going to be like, well, whatever, it's fine. We can just have like a, a a day. I mean, I'm sure they'd be happy to have a day where we didn't do anything. But but we didn't have time for that. Like it was a boot camp, right? We have to move on to the next thing. So, um, and the same thing is true with with software, right? You gotta you gotta ship so you can ship again, right? You got people that your your people your your company expects you to be productive, so you can't just be like, well, I I just you know, unless you want to take the day off, you have to come and be productive, right? Um, so protecting your energy. I think it's another thing that I would probably add to my list of like something to keep in mind to, to let, to let you be in the flow state tomorrow. You have to maybe stop a little earlier today than perhaps you would want to, or or perhaps you think you need to, because you, you got to leave a little in reserve for, you know, for the next day. And I'll, I'll sometimes document like what my energy level is on a scale of like one to 10 of like how I'm feeling. Just so I have a reference point. That's a good idea. Um, that helps me sort of be mindful of my energy levels. Yeah, that's that's great. brilliant, uh, Paul. You're <laughs> goldmine. Both the uh, <laughs> the are you stuck comment 
And yeah. that one, I'm going to start doing both of them. Like I'm going to write down my, my energy levels every morning on the clock. It'll be easy. Yeah. That's, that's a really good idea. Fernando, didn't you do the, um, didn't you steal the, the chess clock thing from someone yes. on Twitter? Did that... uh, I spoke about it before you got here. Okay. I it's will listen to the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> what? I said, I'll go back and listen to the beginning when we're done. <laughs> yeah. It's such a good idea. I yeah. cannot recommend it enough. Can recommend. Awesome. This week's episode of Code Completion is once again brought to you by Bon Voyage. Bon Voyage is a full-stack iOS application development course from Johnny B. With this course, you'll learn how to build both a full iOS client app and an associated React web administration application. The app and the site will integrate with Firebase as well as Stripe and Plaid for payment processing. Bon Voyage is a place to book extravagant vacations and you'll gain the skills to build the iOS app from the ground up and integrate everything you need to provide a world-class vacation booking experience. To find out more and sign up for the course, visit Bon Voyage, that's B-O-N-V-O-Y-A-G-E dot app slash course, and be sure to follow Bon Voyage's instructor, Johnny B Codes, that's at J-O-N-N-Y-B-C-O-D-E-S, on Twitter to stay up to date with all his courses. Thanks again to Bon Voyage e-commerce app course for sponsoring code completion. Now that we've gone through our topics, it's time for Complete the Code, where we quiz our listeners on your knowledge of Swift, Apple, and all things development. Spencer? Yep. So um, we had many people write in these past two weeks to point out that the answer was clearly just to stick .lazy in front of the chain of operations, and that would make all our problems go away. Now, without lazy, each operation would require a fresh pass through all the items, which is not efficient, and lazy does get around that, uh, so they were almost right. Um, Nico Brown gets half a point for suggesting to sidestep the issue completely with a for loop and to do it in one pass, uh, likely making much more complicated code in the process. Um, we do have a proper winner this week, though, and that is Chris Downey. Uh, he correctly noticed that adding .lazy to the chain no longer returns an array, but a lazy map sequence. Uh, so all you need to do then is wrap the entire expression in an array initializer, and array will run efficiently through the original items only once, and fill in a pre-allocated array with the results. If you don't do this, every time you use the results variable, you will need to recomp uh, recompute everything, which is clearly not ideal. Uh, so this week, we have an Objective-C question for you. So if you're listening to the podcast, you can check the podcast art as always, or the show notes to follow along. Uh, first, we declare an NS error called the error. Then we call a method on an object called do something that can fail with error, passing in the error. Um, that returns a result as a bool. Finally, we check to make sure the error is non-nil and log that the operation failed. Uh, what could potentially go wrong with this particular error handling code? So can you complete the code? Tweet your answers to us with hashtag complete the code, all one word. The first to get it right will get a shout out on next week's show. Um, so finally, we have compiler error, my favorite segment where I get to uh, terrorize everyone. Uh, so let's go ahead. Who is my fellow and... code completionists? No, it, he's past the, the charade. The, uh, the, he knows. The, it's he no knows. longer happy times. So uh, since this is uh, one year of code completion, I figured I'd go through past uh, compiler errors and dig up ones that um, would come from the first few episodes and see if you remember any of the 
any of the the problematic ones. So these are straight statements out of past <laughs> episodes. Uh, so let's go through them uh, one at a time. Uh, the first one, and this one is from episode nine, uh, is about Swift literals. Although dictionaries prohibit it, expressible by dictionary literal allows for multiple entries with the same key. Number two, uh, this was from episode five uh, about Emacs key bindings in Cocoa. Uh, you may know of the command backspace or delete command to delete the entire line to the left of the text cursor, but control K can be used to delete the line to the right of the text cursor. Statement number three, uh, this was from episode four. Uh, so we have Objective-C method names in the iOS SDK. So convolve with destination temp buffer source offset to region of interest X source offset to region of interest Y kernel kernel height kernel with divisor background color options is one of many related Objective-C methods in the Accelerate framework for manipulating images. And finally, statement number four, uh, this was from episode one about Unicode names uh, for Mac modifier keys. And we have located between the control and the command keys on the keyboard, the option key is unoriginally called option key in the Unicode specification, but was also once known as the closed Apple key on Apple II series computers. So these are all from the past. So Fernando, why don't you go first? Well, I would be surprised if they were from the future. <laughs> that is not helping. He's you. he's just stalling. That's <laughs> he's the one with limited time. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I remember uh, option number two. If it is the exact option. Uh, I think that one is correct. Uh, so I'll say that that one is correct, and I, I'll ignore it. Number three sounds very Objective-C. E. <laughs> so I like number three. So it's either number four or number one. I don't think you can allow multiple entries with the same key unless they're like packed in an array. But I also could believe that the key is named closed Apple key. So you did a great job because all four of them look like plausible. Yes. The alt K, I think it was something else. Uh, so I'm going to say number two. I was very confident, but then I, I'm, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Let's, I'm, I'm going with number two, final answer. An excellent choice. Uh, Paul? So what are, I forget the rules. I'm just picking which one's the real one. Which one's no, false. so one of these false. is fake, yes. completely fabricated by me. The other uh, are all true. It's like two truths and a lie. Uh, Except less fun. <laughs> for you. Yeah, for us. The Koval sounds like something I've used in the Accelerate framework. Is doing some signal processing, so I kind of think that one's true. I've definitely deleted lines in Xcode, but I don't remember what my fingers do, and I don't know if I have the Emacs key binding on. So, is so this are, when you say those code, are default are you talking Xcode? No, so these are default key bindings that work in any Cocoa NS text mm -hmm. uh, editing. Thing, unless you change oh. 
Oh, I have no idea then about that. Ah. Uh, you put me on a keyboard, I I can figure it out. <laughs> I'm just trying to think. <laughs> Outside of the keyboard, my brain doesn't know. My fingers know. Um, I'm I'm using like delete keys and VI a lot, but that's not this. If it helps, Fernando has a horrible track record, so Yeah. <laughs> the first one is the ones I win are the best. They are. It's true. And I have no <laughs> idea on the last one. So I don't like the first one, so I'm gonna say that one's not true. An equally excellent choice. Uh Ben. Uh well for the sake of comedy I will say that uh the fact that these are all choices that were made in previous you know that were shown in previous episodes does nothing for me because i don't remember any of them <laughs> uh and i will also say that i just hate emacs um so i'm i'm gonna just assume that's true because i don't know anything about emacs and i choose not to learn anything about emacs because it is evil um i'm vi all the way so uh we're just gonna assume that two is true three sounds exactly like the kind of nonsense that would appear in a method call for objective c uh it is a paragraph in and of itself before you even added the actual argument so <laughs> it sounds perfect um uh so really we're down to one or four i feel like one is wrong but I, but this this esoteric uh we went over this before ben literally Thing. I know, I know, but I feel, I feel like uh, I'm just gonna just for the for the sake of variety, I'm gonna say that this is very likely wrong, but that four is the incorrect one. The closed apple key thing. Uh, I don't know though. Like it does, it does sound like option key is definitely what they would call that because uh, very boring and straightforward. Uh, I'm I'm going with four. Final answer. Excellent choice. Spencer? Yeah. They've all been excellent. Have you noticed they've all been excellent? Anyone? (laughs) Equally, you know, he said equally excellent. Equally excellent, mm, yeah. Yeah. He's just trolling at this point. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go with four as well because I think it would not be called the option key. I think it would be called alternate, uh, the alternate key or alt um and really the only reason i think that is because i've been working a lot with um ui key commands and mm. the way that you do the modifier for the option key is called alternate so ah, uh, i would kind of assume that it's maybe following like the unicode spec i don't know so we'll go with that and excellent choice as well uh so let's go and take these in most popular first since that's where my shade thing is uh, so number four, uh, Ben and Spencer, you believe this one is fake uh, for different reasons. Um, ben, because you're speculative of everything that I do and was hoping to get a leg up, and Spencer for <laughs> maybe good <laughs> reasons. That's about right. Um, so uh, the Unicode name for the option key character, so that little switch uh, thing, is called option key. Um, Dang it. And... Uh, on old Apple keyboards, you used to have two Apple logos. One was hollow, one was filled, and it was indeed the closed Apple key, uh, which was option. So this one is complete true. So that's half of you struck out. 
You led uh, me astray, Spencer, and... after the fact. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> to be fair, it was episode one, uh, our horrible yeah. audio episode. So right. I don't, I don't. I'll blame it on that. I don't, I didn't expect a lot of people to catch on with that. Uh, number one, uh, Paul, you think this one is, uh, there's an issue with this one. Um, and expressible by dictionary literal uh, is you can put a bracket, uh, key, colon, value. Uh, it does not require that there are unique keys. So you can go ahead and do crazy stuff with your own types, but dictionaries do require that there are unique keys. So the dictionary literal itself does not require um, it does not require unique keys. So that's a fun fact if you're making weird APIs. Uh, so sorry, Paul. Uh, going on to number two, Fernando. I am so angry. Because <laughs> <laughs> he went and tried it. Us. He I went and tried it, it on a keyboard. <laughs> so this one's the easiest one. Uh, you can just type a slab of text, put your cursor in the middle of it, and control K. And it will delete everything to the right. In fact, it will go ahead and put it in a second clipboard, which you can command uh, control Y and yank it somewhere. So this is the kill command, and then you have the yank command. So it's that serves was dual it. purpose. And that was the same thing I tricked everyone with last time, too, because I had yeah, two statements. And, both and I remember... Children. I remember going literally the exact same thing I did. I opened up a Twitter, like the Twitter webpage, and I tweeted. I was about to tweet something, pressed, like, what is it? Uh, Shift Alt K? Shift Alt. No, no, no. What's it like the carrot? Control. 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 Okay. And it deleted everything, and I was like, oh, okay. I got confused because I remember there was a, like a, a clipboard shortcut but it just so happens that the same thing oh my god mm-hmm. it's so angry. <laughs> yay emacs so that brings us to number three uh so why do you think this one's wrong was i mean and inserted an extra argument no Document it's macOS only no so uh the accelerate framework is a c-based framework not an objective c framework ah. so this there's no objective c method with this is there, there, there is a horrendous C. There's a C method, function that looks function. like this, though? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, uh, good job to me, I guess. <laughs> so I, wrapped, <laughs> I wrapped my Accelerate framework in Objective-C. That would help you uh... remember differently. <laughs> so in Paul's world, this method does exist. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, not not quite, but like... I was writing Objective C code and invoking it, and then yeah, I don't know. So well, you can take satisfaction that you tricked us twice with these, with these same with these same questions. In the so same one questions. year episode, for the first one, you're saying that you can do it, but what is the expected behavior? You will is get it... an array of tuples. Neat. Okay, yeah, huh. that's really nice. That's that's just what you get. It's cool. Um, so yeah, <laughs> better luck next year, I guess. We'll do this again. <laughs> you know what to expect, I guess. But is it true that it, the tuple is a multiple entry? No, I don't want to discuss this. <laughs> <laughs> You've already lost interest. <laughs> so as always, I want to personally thank everyone for listening in this week. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Code Completion to know when new episodes get released. And feel free to tweet at us if there is a topic you'd like for us to dig into. Most importantly, as a small podcast, please be sure to share this with your friends and family who are also interested in any part of the process of app development. It's your support that enables us to continue doing this, and we hope to grow a healthy community around everything we discuss. 
Once again, I want to give my thanks to Spencer, who is at Spencer C. Curtis. That's S-P-E-N-C-E-R-C-C-U-R-T-I-S on Twitter. Ben, who is at Guy. That's F-E-R-R-O-U-S-G-U-Y on Twitter. Fernando, who is at From Junior to Senior. That's F-R-O-M-J-R-T-O-S-R on Twitter. And Paul, who is at Paul Soltz. That's P-A-U-L-S-O-L-T on Twitter for joining me this week. My name, once again, on is Dimitri, and you can find me at Dimitri Buñol. That's D-I-M-I-T-R-I-B-O-U-N-I-O-L, and we'll see you all next week. Bye. 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 See you later.